You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. Man, we are we are getting close to 500 episodes. It is just mind blowing. My first episode came out in December 2014. And now at the recording of this podcast, we're in January of 2021. So we're looking at just about six years and 500 episodes. Unbelievable. So crazy. It's been quite the journey. I'm wondering if I'm going to do something special for the 500th episode. I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about it yet. If you have any ideas, I would love to hear them. You can email me, trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line, 500th episode idea. I'm just making this up off the cuff, just thinking about this. Like, Why not just email me if you have any ideas? It's going to be a couple of weeks until that comes out because I do about three episodes per week at this point. So might be a month or two, but I am excited about it, proud of it. And I will definitely be cheersing to the thousandth episode because I'm not stopping anytime soon. There are so many fun interviews I'm doing that are coming up. So stay tuned with very interesting people from all walks of life. And that is what this interview is today with Shasta and Ian. I'm interviewing a couple who actually helps other couples and individuals with creating deeper intimacy in a relationship. So this is a little bit more for people who are in relationships. And I know that many of the guys who listen to this podcast are not in relationships, but that's not the point. The point is, is one day you might be in a relationship. So you should understand what are some of the issues that people have in relationships and how are those issues fixed? And that's what Shasta and Ian talk about today. And I ask them some really hard-hitting questions, trying to understand myself, what is it that couples are really having problems with? How do these things get solved? What are the inner workings of the male and the female mind in terms of how relationships work? And it's such an interesting episode and also just an introduction. And I say you know, in the title, Introduction to Creating Deeper Intimacy, because that's what it is. We're just scratching the surface here, giving you a little bit of an overview of what all this looks like and what people are going through. And it's good to know this because this is something that you might have when you get into a relationship. Relationships are, they're hard. They're hard and they they take work. And I'm not trying to, you know, push you away from doing relationships. I don't mean like hard, like it's so incredibly hard. I'm just saying it, it it's a challenge. You know, at first it's fun, but when you're with someone for a while, challenges do come up, but they are challenges that can be helped, that can be solved. And Shasta and Ian talk about that on today's episode. I think you're going to like it, and I think you're going to get a lot of value from it. So why don't we dive in right now? Here's my interview with Shasta and Ian. Check it out. All right, I am here with Shasta and Ian. How's it going? How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're so excited to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting. Good. I'm excited to have you guys here. It's funny. Just a week ago, I interviewed a couple who were also married and we were talking about swinging. And what was interesting was I realized right in the middle of that episode, I've never interviewed a couple before. Or I should even say I've never interviewed two people at once on the podcast. And it's funny that just a week later... I'm doing it again. So I'm, I'm very excited to be having a, a big conversation with you too. And I think my audience will get a lot from what you have to say. And we're going to be covering some interesting topics. So I'm just excited 
that you guys are here. Maybe you can tell the guys listening who you are, what you do, what your expertise, and how you got into everything that that you are doing. Sure. We're like the opposite end of swinging. <laughs> well, man, that great. That makes it even We're more like, interesting. We are all about monogamy does not have to be monotony. And we, we are married. We have a passionate marriage and intimate life and friendship. And we work together, which is always an interesting creation as business partners and also in marriage. And basically our whole uh, you know, passion is that we want to bring back the idea of really devotional, deep, satisfying love and sex and intimacy. And we support basically high achieving couples and also men and women create amazing results in the bedroom and help them understand how those results actually, how your sexual results influences results in all areas of your life. And we started doing this work a while ago because Ian and I were actually at the place of divorce. We were entrepreneurs. We had separate businesses. We had been on a success and growth path and very much into self-development and success mindset. And yet our marriage was breaking down and coming to the realization that you know, we weren't achieving things in our life and, and that we had tried everything like therapy and couples counseling and nothing was really working until we actually really dove into, and I know you want to talk about this today, you know, dove into what was actually standing in the way of this deeper connection, deeper intimacy, sexual expression, and it totally changed our marriage. And we were already in the health and wellness realm and we started attracting people that were like, what the hell are you guys doing? And so now, you know, today we have, uh, we, as I said, help amazing individuals and couples create this, this seven star sex life. And just, what do you want to add to this? I'm so passionate about it. I could talk forever, but I'm going (laughs) to. I think the only thing I would add to it is that we went from being like married best friends to kind of uh, disregarding one another and like actually not giving our relationship the proper attention that it deserved. And that's how we got there to the breakdown part. And then it was really just an awareness that I don't, I'm not willing to step away from my best friend and I'm, I'm willing to do the work to jump back in. Can you discuss a little bit more in detail what it was that was breaking down? Um, the breakdown took like m- many steps along the way. We were, like Shasta mentioned, we were, we were both uh, running our own. We were both entrepreneurs, both running separate businesses. And we were actually both working o- opposite shifts. Basically I was leaving the house in the morning before Shasta get up. She wasn't home when I get home. So we didn't spend a lot of time together. The breakdown really started was when the frustration over overcame us not seeing one another. Then we took the frustration into our work. So actually it like amplified everything and our jobs weren't as successful as they were before when everything started to break down. And, you know, I think the interesting thing about it too, is that what I really realized, what we both really realized is that the breakdown in our relationship was actually pointing at stories that we had inside of ourselves. That yes, as Ian said, you know, it's it was challenging to have an intimate relationship and you're working opposite hours, but I still think it's doable. But the real issue was I had a lot of stories about men. 
I had a lot of stories about sex. I had a lot of stories about Ian, frankly. And Ian had a lot of stories about what it was to be married and be in a relationship and what should a man do and what should a woman do. And so a big part, I think, of what the breakthrough was for us was to actually begin to work on what are the unconscious stories that we have, patterns that we're going into that you know, we didn't even really know we were going into. And I think this is the issue in our culture is, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. And there's good reason to talk about it because they're, they're real issues or issues in our culture and they show up in relationships. And we actually expect in our culture that relationships should become shitty, that you should stop having sex, that you should stop feeling that passionate connection. And I think that we were falling into that trap too. And, and underneath it was then our own gender stories and then our own personal stories. And so it was a big part of, you know, our breakthrough was, as Ian said, uh, he didn't want to, you know, lose this relationship and I didn't either. And I had a realization like, oh my gosh, this is actually a mirror. This is a mirror showing me where I am blocking deeper connection, intimacy, sexual expression and connection and staying in these defensive patterns. and. I think you would, you know, agree it was the same thing for you too. Yeah, like identical. And then really from there, we just actually set new expectations for what our relationship wanted, what we wanted it to look like and how we were going to achieve those goals together. Now, I'm hearing you say you guys were like passing ships in the night, as they say, uh, not seeing each other as much because when one was uh, working, the other one wasn't. I would imagine that if that's happening, some of that distance might create more desire because you're not spending every waking moment together. And when you guys do have a chance to be together, it's a little bit more special. Was that not the case for you too? Well, the truth for us was we actually worked nonstop. And there actually wasn't a whole lot of connection or time to connect. And when we did set time aside to do like... A couple's weekend or like even a couple's therapy weekend where we went to connect it turned into one of these events where we just brought up all the shit that had basically annoyed us for the last days months weeks and it turned into a bigger argument and i think you know what what you're saying trip is there is definitely this theory you know that esther perel talks about this that distance creates desire and i think there's some truth in that but I think that what, what I realized is one, we, as Ian said, we just were simply not prioritizing each other. And so it's not enough in your relationship to be like, okay, well, this is date night or this is the weekend where we finally reconnect when you've spent the last even week or month, you know, feeling disconnected, feeling resentment, have, having all these unsaid things. So I don't think, you know, for either one of us, it wasn't as though we didn't desire each other. I think there was still like a passionate desire. There just was a sort of like, misunderstanding, miscommunication and growing resentment coupled with, you know, our own personal sort of projections. And that led to this point where it was like, you know, this, this, we have tried all those things. It's not getting better. You know, we see this all the time with couples where they're like, you know, I've done all these things. We've talked about it. We've gone on the couples retreat. We've done all this and we're still same old pattern keeps arising that was a breakthrough for us. And what we help people do is like, there's actually an underlying pattern to these things. So yes, you need to create the opportunity to connect, but when you're actually in that space of connection, what, what's actually happening, you know, what's going on at an individual level, what's going on between the two of you. And as Ian said, like, what do you actually want in your life? You know, what do you want your 
relationship or marriage or sex life to look like. And very few of us have ever actually really thought about that. And I think the other, the other thing is, is that I didn't even know it could be like this. I didn't know that I could have a relationship with a man that was this sexually satisfying, this soul fulfilling, this open. And, you know, and I think that you, you would say the same thing that you didn't know that, that you could actually have this level of connection. Yeah. Going from like previous relationship models that I was basing what marriage and relationship looked on, I didn't think it was a possibility for sure. And I think going back to the, the question about absence makes the heart grow fonder, or like draws a connection in there. I think that there's, there is a quality in that and that, that works when, as long as there is, you haven't been like ignoring your relationship or, you know, resenting the fact that you, you know, like I just worked 30 days straight and I'm struggling in my, in my work life. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of energy there to build up to, you know, a satisfying day or weekend in, uh, in your relationship. So now it sounds like you guys are at an amazing point in your relationship to the point where you're teaching it. What changed? What was the thing that made it change to get to where you are now? I think for me, the big change was, I mean, it sounds sort of obvious, but it's very few people actually do this in a relationship is, is I took real deep look and personal responsibility. And I realized, and I know this is, you know, we talked before we started recording of, as a woman that I actually had a lot of walls and was super defended. And I didn't realize that I was. I wasn't open. I wasn't willing to actually be vulnerable. I wasn't willing to be taken. I wasn't really willing to fully show up. And I didn't really know that that was the case. It was, you know, I grew up in a really like toxic relationship model. So part of it for me was really looking at, you know, what are the stories that I have going on here? And like, is that working for me? And I was really in a state trip where I was constantly like in blame. I was constantly like, oh, he's such an asshole. If he wasn't so reactive, then things would be easier. And it was interesting because most of the people in my life, you know, I didn't talk to a ton of people about this, but most of my friends were like, yeah, he's such a jerk, you know? And we have this, this, you know, like cultural paradigm of it's almost supposed to be this way rather than, you know, actually your relationship and all the results in your life are actually reflecting something about you. And yeah, I mean, we're not in a narcissistic or, or like brutally toxic relationship. So there's certainly relationships where no matter what kind of work you do on yourself, you just need to leave. This was not the case. This was, this is somebody that I, that I want to be with at every level, but something's just really not working here. And it was this constant, like we were speaking different languages and this frustration. So I think for me, the, the big breakthrough was this realization of, I have some major stories about men and sex. I had previous sexual trauma and I didn't realize as, as a woman and a female partner that that was coming up and that I had toxic and defensive patterns when it came to sex and intimacy. So being willing, you know, and I know that this is like, this is big, this can feel like big work, but it actually transformed really quickly. So it was doing, it was willing to really take that responsibility at my side and integrate. I mean, the interesting thing is these were teachings that I knew, I knew about these practices, but it's not enough to just know, you actually have to know how. And that's what we did. That's what I dove into. That's what Ian dove into. And that's what we help people do now as well. And that's my side. What 
I think one of the most important things I did when we started to work on this together was I had to become willing to be wrong in how I was thinking about our relationship, our marriage, how we, how I showed up. And like, one of the things we know about human, human psyche is we love to be right. And I had to be willing to be wrong and actually really dive into everything I'd learned about being in a relationship and how I was acting and showing up for Shasta in order to allow her the space so that she could open up. And that was, that, that was one of the breakthroughs that really got into it. And, you know, like sometimes you just got to love being wrong because you're going to learn something along the way and you're going to excel into the next level. I think that's, you know, I just want to, I want to kind of highlight what Ian just said there, because this is what, you know, we see all the time is that often couples will come to us and it's usually the man saying, I don't, we're not having enough sex. And it's not just about sex, it's sex and intimacy. I don't feel connected. I feel like she's defensive. I feel like I can't do anything right. And then often the male partner will go into some sort of, you know, wounded or defensive pattern about that. And then it kind of re reaffirms. So the female often has a story of like, well, it's not safe. It's actually not safe to open up. He's not going to be there for me. He expects sex or demands sex. And that doesn't feel good for me. There might actually be, you know, sex might not actually be a great time for for her. So it's interesting because often in, you know, cisgender relationships, you get into this pattern, you get into a pattern where the man is saying, I want more, I want more, I, I need this. And the woman's actually pulling away and saying, yeah, but you're not actually making this safe. And it's not that it's all on a man. It's not all on a man. It's also on, on women. And there's not a lot of conversation in our culture, you know, about women actually saying, what do I need to do to take the responsibility to heal, whether it's trauma, almost every woman I know has had sexual trauma or some story that we have about men. And so, you know, I'll be really honest. And we, we talk about this really frankly, is that there was a shift where I think Ian opened up. I don't know how to say it any other way. Like he softened, he opened his heart. There was sort of this like softer energy and yet he's a very like manly man. And I, I responded to that. I was like, oh, this is safe. Like I can drop my guard. I don't have to be defensive. I don't have to expect the next freak out or breakdown. And it's an interesting thing because then all the walls start to crumble and then you can start to explore a deeper connection. You can start to have intimacy at a deeper level. And there's this, it's just, it's an interesting sort of circle that happens in relationship. And so, you know, I, I think it's amazing that you can speak so clearly about this, that Ian can share this because it's, it's the opportunity for both men and women, but to say, I need, I need a new story here. I need to show up in a different way. And as Ian said, that willingness to be wrong and to say, what could this look like? That's different. You know, like what, what is the way that I could show up? That's not in this old pattern. Very cool. Very cool. Very deep stuff. So let's dive into some thoughts on how, you know, we can help anyone who might be in a relationship in terms of this whole concept of, of opening up and, and feeling comfortable to connect with each other on the sexual level and create that deeper intimacy. Where does this all start? Where does it all begin? 
it starts with a conversation where both people can agree that there's going to be no shame or blame going forward. And that's where the conversation started with Shasta and I. It's like, can we just really talk about this without bringing any blame forward and tell you, this is what, this is how I was thinking. Can you help me understand how you're feeling so that I can maybe take on your perspective and open to you? Mm-hmm. It can sound like so obvious. And yet again, very few people actually do this because think about, you know, when you're in a relationship and you're with your partner, like that person knows how to trigger the crap out of you. And it's really easy to go into these, this blame and anger. And not to say that we ignore our emotion, but it's just to say, for an example, I literally made a decision that I was not going to go into a story of he's such an asshole. Like that was my story about Ian. It was like, and he's not, it was just this, this victimized story. And I had to be like, I'm going to put that away. He's not against you. He's for you. And how can I take responsibility for what's happening? And as Ian said, the other thing that we did is we actually had a really clear conversation on what do you want? Like, what do you actually want this to look like? What do you, what do you really want in this relationship? And again, very few people actually have frank conversations about this. It's usually we avoid sex and money conversations. And yet in every relationship, those are the two key conversations to have. And as Ian said, it starts by saying, you know, I have to look at how am I showing up with this person and invite them into having a clear, open conversation, taking responsibility for the past, taking responsibility for what has happened, and then actually making an agreement and actually sticking by it to say, this is actually what this is going to look like. And I do think that there is, there is getting support on this. I mean, we worked with a couple different mentors and teachers and we integrate all those teachings now, but there's nothing wrong with also, you know, asking for the right support in all of this. And I think the big shift also in my mind, and I think also for you, Ian, was I think in our culture, there's a story again of like, relationship is hard. Sex is supposed to fade over time. Men always want sex. Women want intimacy. And in our relationship, we were like, those are not the stories we want to tell. That's not what I want. I want to have a robust marriage, love life, sex life. And I actually can decide as a woman what that looks like. He can decide as a man what that looks like. And then we can actually make an agreement together and you know, start to bring that forward in our life. And it's, it actually doesn't have to take a lot of time either. I think people are stuck in this sort of therapy model that I have to keep talking about the past and talking about the problems and the big shift, you know, in neuroscience and, and literally neurophysiology is like, no, tell a new story and start living that new story. And that's, that's essentially what we did on our own marriage and love life and what we actually hold people accountable to doing in their lives. And one of the most important agreements we both made was we weren't going to take any advice from any friends or family or external people who weren't in the relationship that we were looking to achieve. We had set a goal for ourselves and how we wanted to be with one another and how we wanted to show up. And we sought the mentors who were going to help us get there. So I'm curious to hear about what each of you wanted the story to be. So maybe you can each share what it is that you want, like what it was the new story you wanted to create. Well, from my side, it's it's like you know, it, it's a funny story, and I think 
you know, funny that some people might think like, well, men just want to have sex. They just want to, they just want to get off and then move on and go watch football. And it's, that's just a pattern that we're brought up in, you know, where men are supposed to be hard and rugged and tough and not to open our hearts. And what I was missing in our relationship with in the longing was like that intimacy, the closeness and not just wham, bam, thank you. See you later. That was a big part of what I wanted to create in our relationship in that, you know, that space where I, Shasta could open up to me in every way and like heart, soul, body and go in that direction. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, I had, I honestly was just, I was tired of feeling so defensive. I don't know how to say that any other way. I just, I felt wounded. I felt defensive. And I was tired of feeling like I had walls around my heart and my, you know, my body. And I was like, this is a man that I am in love with. And I made a commitment to, and I want to be with this person. And I got to stop. Like, I'm tired of feeling like he's the enemy. And I really took a, a look at, you know, what do I want my relationship to look like? And to dream far bigger than anything. And and the dream honestly was, why not explore relationship and marriage as an expression of fulfillment? And what's the possibility that I could create with this man rather than seeing that this is a detraction in my life? And, you know, I know your audience is largely male, but the message often that we get is, you know, quote unquote, like high achieving women, which is the category that I would have put myself in is like, you know, men are a distraction in, you know, this sort of like hardened old school feminism view. And I definitely see myself as a feminist and I'm grateful for everything that that is happening and has happened. But there was this sort of like tired story I kept playing. And I just thought this, there's got to be a new way of being with this as a woman who is on fire in every area of her life. And I have no idea what that looks like. I had no idea what that looked like, you know, 10 years ago when we started doing this, but I'm going to figure it out. And that was, I think that was the opportunity. And honestly, just the, the simple answer is I was really tired of feeling like this person is my enemy. He is not my enemy. I got to like cut this shit out. And what's the new story? What's the new dream that, that I want to step into? What were some of the things that you found? Let's say, what were the hurdles that you guys found in trying to make both of your stories or relationship fulfillment goals happen? That's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked us that question before. Uh, I think for me, you know, there is an interesting thing. This is just, you know, this is human uh, consciousness and a little bit of our wiring is it's very easy to fall into unconscious and old patterns. And so one of the hurdles was that if I wasn't conscious of how I wanted to be and how I was showing up, that old programming came up really fast and really easily. And it, I, you know, I see it as an opportunity to say, I, I got to keep being conscious and aware. And the other thing that I notice in myself is that when I feel stressed or triggered, and even during this past year with COVID coming up, there was some shifts that we had to make in one of our brick and mortar businesses and my old pattern got tripped again. Like it was like, oh, there it is. There's my pulling away from Ian. There's my shutting down. There's my do it yourselfer. And so 
it's a hurdle, but it's also just, I think, a little bit of like knowing yourself. And we all have it. We all have this sort of like default pattern. And people often get really like down on themselves, but it's just like, oh, there it is. I have enough awareness, enough consciousness to be like, that's the pattern. I'm not going into that anymore. I'm going to release that and, and overcome it. And I think the other thing that I was also really mindful of, and Ina and I have done a lot of sort of conscious excavating around this, is that you know, Ina and I both grew up in families with some real toxic relationship patterns. And I had to set some boundaries with members in my family. And I also had to be like, oh, I'm going to just like, you know, maybe be at this family event and make sure that I'm not taking on their way of thinking or their projection or... And I remember someone saying to me at once, like, really? Like, you're actually that happy in your marriage? Come on. Nobody's actually happy and married. And I had to be like, I am totally deleting that. That is not, that is not the truth. That is not where I want to be. And so I think it's also, you know, it's a big part of what, you know, you're doing trip to creating community and being with people that are of like mind and just being really aware of like, oh, it's so easy to get sucked back into this story and I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to surround myself and take responsibility to keep going. I would say that that was probably the hardest part when we like, it was really separating myself from um, friends in a peer group that was, um, that were just a negative impact on, on my relationship or on my thoughts, because that's how they chose to be in their relationship. It was really just, I'm done. We're not friends anymore. Like, thank you. It's been, it's been a slice and moved on. And really you have to, whatever you're not consciously rejecting, you're consciously accepting. And that was, that was our thinking behind it, like moving forward and not letting any of the outside noise influence how we were being with one another. I find that to be an issue in a lot of different cases, whether you're building a business, which I'm sure you guys can relate to that, or even for guys who are out there dating, you know, a lot of guys will hear from their friends or whoever that, oh, you know, you'll be fine. You'll meet a girl. You just got to be you. And, you know, and that's that. And that's just not the right information. And so my point here is, is that it can be very dangerous when you're getting information from outside sources that are just friends who have random opinions and not really seeking experts or people who have studied the field and whatever you're trying to accomplish. Because you're going to hear what you know regular society thinks and normally it's the counterintuitive approaches that seem to work the best so i'm curious for you to do you work with just when i say single people i don't mean relationship single but single people and couples like one person will come and work with you and you also work with couples or how does it work yeah, correct. So we work with individuals, whether they're in a relationship or they're seeking to be in a relationship, or they're just like, I got, I got to get over some stuff. And like you said, I usually people that work with us are people that are like, I've tried everything and nothing's friggin' working. And I know that it's me. Like I got to take a look at what the heck's going on inside here and what, what, you know, how am I showing up? What are my stories, et cetera. So we work with individuals, whether they're in a relationship or not. And then we also work with, with couples. And it's, you know, it's very much what you said of 
the little bit point that I'd add to what you had said is that often our friends are in exactly the same mindset that we're in and there are friends so they will not point out our shenanigans like it's not really their job you know it's why working with a mentor or an expert is there they they've actually done the work but it's their job to be like mm, no dude like that's not what you want to do here's what's actually arising here's the truth in this and that's a big part of of the work that we do with people is is as I said you know we don't we're not it's not therapy and I know therapy has its place in the world but it's yes we want to understand what's been going on but once you have that you don't want to keep telling that story it's really about birthing a new story and not just birthing a new story then how do I actually step into being the person you know the man woman who's actually creating that story and and creating that reality in my life when it comes to love dating you know, relationship, sex. So just a a quick list. A guy comes to you. What's just a quick bullet point list of all the issues he's that that you usually see men have. And then I want to also hear what that list is from women who come to you. So we're talking about individuals. I'm sure it's probably the same with when the couples come to you too. But what are the men saying that their issues are? What are the women saying? And then after that, I want to go into how you guys help them. I think, um, and I'll let Shasta fill in if I miss anything here. I think in, and this is going to be surprising again, but most every man says they're missing the intimacy and the connection in the relationship. Like they're, they feel like they're separated. They're like, you know, emotionally. And then they say, well, I don't want to live the relationship of my parents or the relation, like that, that marriage of where you're going to be at odds from like, 40 years, like 40 years old on. And then the next thing they say is there's got to be more. Yeah, I would agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. I think for men, that's, that's, it's like, it goes against our gender stereotypes, but the vast majority of individual men who are generally, you know, successful, high achieving, they're like, there's something missing in my life. And I know that it's in the realm of, of love relationship, dating, intimacy, whether they're in a relationship or not. And they're like, I want more. There's got to be more. And they often say, I don't always like who I'm being, but I feel powerless to stop myself. And that's, that's often the big breakthrough of like what, what's really going on. And then I think with women, you know, women that we see when we work with the number one thing they say, the number one thing women say, yeah. the number one thing I think that most of the women that we attract say is that they're actually tired of apologizing and they're tired of like hiding. And they'll say they definitely are looking for a man who can like step up and be at that level with them. But I think that the number one story as women is that we're so shamed about sexuality. We're so shamed about self-expression. So often with individual women, they actually say they want more sex and better sex. Like it's There's almost the, the opposite gender, you know, stories that we have in our cultures. We see men saying, I want more intimacy. I want more fulfillment. I want more connection. And most of the women are like, I want more sex and better sex. And I want to feel free in who I'm being. That's so interesting. You would totally think it's the opposite. I know. I know it's all like, these are just such outdated cultural stories. I mean, and, and the truth is, man or a woman, like we, we all want connection. And 
we, we want to feel fulfilled and we want sexual expression and we want to feel whole and we want to feel on fire and in love and alive. And, you know, again, these, these, once you explore it, we, once you explore it and you're willing to dive in, I think we all want it all. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're just like a, a, in the paradigm of society we're living in right now. We're just like birthing a new expression where it's okay to say it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and it's cool that we have resources online to find out that it's okay to have these issues, or at least it feels maybe a little bit more normal to someone because they can hear about other people having these issues and therefore be able to reach out to someone like you two to be able to get the help that they need. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you help when people come to you? What's your process like? So we actually work at a pretty like high high level, white glove level, so to speak. Um, we work with, as I said, individuals or couples and we really work in one-on-one way. We found f- for for us and for the people that we that we attract, that those are where the breakthroughs happen at the biggest level. Versus like a like a leverage group program. Not to say that there isn't a, you know extreme value or meaning in in all of those. Of course there is. But our process is that the first thing that we really do is is understand where are people at, and just by them sharing, we actually ha- are able to identify what are the assumptions, stories, and beliefs that they're in. And again, your mind doesn't even want you to see these. So because we're outsiders, we're trained in this, we can say, okay, this is, this is literally what's unfolding. And from a compassion, supportive way, then we can start to unravel that you know, really, really quickly, both through you know, consciousness practices, you know, like mind-body therapy practices. And then the next part is like, what do you actually want? And it sounds like such an easy question, but very few of us, even at a really high achieving levels, have actually been honest with ourselves, never mind another human to say, this is actually what I really want in my life. And I'm going to dare to dream that big. And so then our job becomes, how do we actually help you like embody that? You have to become that person. And this is the thing with the work that we do. I mean, it's we recently just worked with a an individual and she said, I want more money in my life, but I also want to attract, you know, an amazing lover and I want like amazing sex. And and it was like this unraveling well, what's actually stopping you, what's in the way of that, and who are you becoming? And literally the next day, she texted me to say, Holy shit, I literally went on a date last night and it was amazing. And I've been dating for 25 years and I've never had an experience like this. So it's how quickly reality shifts because as an individual, you're, you're showing up in a different way and you can actually have a breakthrough in that really, really quickly. So it's essentially what we help people do. So what was her breakthrough exactly? That's so interesting. Well, her breakthrough was, well, the, the, the first truth was there was actually a family pattern that was playing out that I... I want to be mindful of her, the confidentiality here, but she had a, she had a story about who she was supposed to be as a woman, basically based on some, some patterning that she had grown up in. And so she kept attracting men that would basically put her in a mother position. I don't know how to say it any other way and actually giving herself the space to be like, that's not what I want. I actually want this and I need to show up as a almost like freely expressed individual woman and let that rocket out there. 
And this is the story, you know, again, as women, we often have the story that men can't handle us if we're successful or sexy or assertive. And that was the story that she had been in and, and, and it shifted really quickly. And it was literally like, what are the actualities of what that looks like? Like, what does it actually mean to, sh- to be in that place? And instantaneously her reality shifted. Do you think she showed up more confident on that date and just more relaxed, like feeling more herself? Yeah. What do you think she was doing on that date that made it that it was such well, a big change for you her? You know, whether we're aware of this or not, here's the thing. When you meet somebody, you have an in, you have an immediate energetic, like intuitive feeling of like this person is expressed and alive and confident. And a big thing was we said to her, stop hiding that you're a sexual being. Like it doesn't mean you have to go out there in like lingerie. It just means stop apologizing, stop trying to hide that, that part of you and just relax that. And I think that's exactly what happened is she showed up in a way where she was like relaxed and clear and like, I'm not going to apologize that this is who I am. And whether you're male or female, I mean, that's the truth. I remember being at an event with Ian and there was this, this very short, very stout man in front of us. And it was at a hotel and he went up to the concierge and he said, I want a bottle of champagne delivered to my room in exactly one hour. And he said it in such a way where he had such confidence and such magnetism. And he wouldn't be what you call like a traditionally, you know, GQ kind of model. And I was like, wow, did you see the sexual energy in that man? Like he's so magnetic. And so that's part of this is, you know, whether you're male or female, you're listening to this conversation. It's like, what are the parts of myself that I'm like ashamed of or putting aside? Or what are the parts of myself that I need to refine? You know, I think as men, I have great compassion for men because sometimes it's like, what the hell does it look like to be a magnetic, assertive male these days? You know, what it's, it's, it's a challenge. And, and so that's often with the male clients that we work with of like, you don't want to be, you know, in sort of like douchebag, overly like creepy behavior. This is what it actually looks like. And this is the essence and truth of who you are actually as a man. I think the, and I'll just finish it off like really short. She actually showed up 100% authentically herself that night. Like just, and, and showed up in that space. And that's, that's the change. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have any stories similar to that with any men that you work with? Yeah, for sure. Like you can, like Shasta said, like you can go um, from the two different models, like the way she described the man in the hotel that time to the guy that, you know, goes in, in a dating scenario in the creepy side, when he actually explores inside what he actually really wants, then you can let the guard down and you don't have to be that person, you know, meeting all the wrong women and showing up in a different way like turns into the automatic connection relationship of what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like, it's interesting because a lot of, I think the men in relationships that we work with and we're attracted to, these are usually really high achieving um, entrepreneurs or business leaders. And I think often the shift there is also, they have this sort of aha and realization of how important and valuable relationship and intimacy and, and sex is and and how when that shifts, everything shifts in their life. All their relationships shift in their life. So often 
to answer your question, I think a lot of the the men that we've worked with, is, is they have this sort of like profound realization of like, oh, this is what it looks like to prioritize this. This is what it looks like to, you know, as Ian said, like be a man who's opening his heart. What does it actually look like to walk through the door? You know, I know we're all at home these days working from home anyways, but to shift from my work day into now I'm someone's partner, lover, husband, father. And, and I think to realize how fast it can happen. I think about a client that we had recently and he was like, oh, I didn't realize how close we could get so quickly by me just showing up a little softer by me realizing that I needed to be more tender, to show appreciation, to think about like almost her sexual and physical needs. And again, I think that a lot of men think, oh, women don't want sex and intimacy and it's totally false, but it is actually the right way of inviting and creating and yeah, exploring that. Wow. Very cool. This has been super interesting. I feel like we scratched the surface in terms of some of the things that you two are capable of doing in terms of helping individuals and couples. And it was just... Um, my big takeaway was how how it, it's not so obvious in terms of what men and women are looking for either in relationships, but moreover, what their issues are and how, you know, like I said earlier, you wouldn't think that men would be saying the issues that they're having and women would be saying their issues. But at the end of the day, right, it's, it's all, we all want the same things. And it's really cool that you two are out there helping people. This would be my last question here. From the past year, what are each of your biggest takeaways in terms of helping clients? Like, What were some things that surprised you in working with clients or maybe something new that you learned something that was interesting to you that you'd like to share? Great question. Yeah, it is. And um, this year, like especially this year, like going, moving out of like 2020 into 21 is um, I think people have actually like developed the courage or grown the courage to actually make the changes that they want in their life. Like after being, you know, locked down, locked up, travel bans here and there, they're really willing to dive into the relationship and really put themselves like 100% like fully in to create that life that they want now because life is so precious. Like if you look like there's, you know, how many thousand Americans, thousands of Canadians, people around the world that have died from COVID and people aren't willing to sacrifice their relationship anymore. Yeah. And I think that the thing that I also see is there, what's interesting also, I agree with everything Ian said there, is what's interesting during this past year, because we've been in lockdown and isolation, is that the dating scene has changed radically. So I see that there is a lot of people that are looking for a, a sort of depth in their relationship, which goes along with what Ian just said, a level of satisfaction and fulfillment. I think what I see is there's a lot less tolerance for just like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I want, I want to be a great lover and I want to have great sex and I want to figure out what that looks like. And I want to be that person, whether male or female. And I think what I see in couples is I think that for a lot of people, they saw 
issues arise because we're all under a sort of like magnifying glass right now. And I would agree with what Ian said. Like there's a sort of like unrest. Like I, I, I can't go on like this. This, this stuff has got to shift. It's got to change. And we can't blame work anymore. We can't blame not seeing each other anymore. You know, as we, to bring it back to how we started this conversation, you know, Ian and I went to this place of relationship breakdown. We were, we were blaming work. We were blaming not seeing each other. And the truth was, yes, that wasn't helping, but it really was about what was going on inside each of us. What, you know, what were we tolerating in ourselves and what do we really want in our life? And I see a big shift in, in that, in, in a lot of people that it's like, it's time, you know, if not now, when? So. I think it's right. it's been a challenging year, but I'm actually like really optimistic for what we're all creating and what we're all stepping into. And I think there's a level of clarity that's coming through for people. That's amazing. You know, keep going. Great. Well said. Awesome. Well, if people want to learn more about you two, what you're up to and how you help people, where can they go to do that? You can find us at sevenstarlove.com that's number seven star.com sevenstarlove.com and we actually also do a podcast called sex lens which we should have you on trip sometime so yeah we'd love to connect and we're uh, on instagram at the seven star love perfect so i'll put that in the show notes so the guys can check you out shasta ian thank you so much for doing this and being here And I would definitely like to have you back on again in the future to dive into some other topics. So I appreciate you being here and thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor.